Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll get an update on Manitoba's potato crop. Glenda Lee Allen Vossler will have details on Canada's farm show. And up first in today's country comment, Mallory LaWarn with the Manitoba Crop Alliance will stop by to chat about the province's cereal crops, the latest farm news and market numbers. All coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is Mallory LaWarn with the Manitoba Crop Alliance to give us an update on the cereal crops. Yeah, so I would say that cereals are looking a lot better than a couple of weeks ago. Um, winter wheat across the province is starting to head out. And then spring cereal staging is uh, dependent on seeding date. I would say the majority of fields are at about the tillering or stem elongation stage. Uh, but some of those earlier seeded fields are already at slag leaf emergence. Overall, uh, cereals are very stagey and shorter than normal across much of the province and then also within individual fields. Talk a little bit about the impact of dry conditions, uh, you know, before the rain there um, and the impact that might have had on maybe some of the winter cereals or, or other crops. The drought conditions, we definitely saw a lot in, in the earlier seeded um, fields. We saw tillers and leaves dying back. Um, but then with that recent rain, the cereals, the later seeded cereals seem to be responding really well. I've seen some fields with that had poor emergent stands, but now have decent canopy closure. Um, so those, yeah, those later seeded fields are definitely recovering well. Any um, insect or, or disease issues? Um, so I've, I've heard a couple of reports of a bit of cutworm feeding in wheat fields in northern and eastern parts of the province. And then also grasshopper activity is increasing. So just a, a reminder that the threshold for gra- grasshoppers is between 8 to 12 hoppers per square meter. So control should be considered at that point. And then overall disease pressure in cereals is pretty low. Um, if farmers have any fields that are nearing head emergence, I would encourage them to keep an eye on the relative humidity over the next couple of weeks as um, fusarium head blight uh, needs several days of high humidity to produce spores and infect heads. We could use some more rain um, as we go forward? or Yes, we could definitely use another good rain. Um, if, if any farmers are uh, considering top dressing their nitrogen, um, we're going to need a good rain to, to move that nitrogen into the root zone. So definitely need another good rain or a couple good rains. Just as far as timing, you know, are things pretty much on, on track compared to a normal year or? I would say uh, at, like those uh, later seeded fields are about normal. Um, some of the earlier seeded fields where they were under that drought stress, they're advancing pretty quickly. So I would say those fields are definitely a bit um, earlier than normal. Anything else you wanted to add? Or? I guess I would just um, also add that many fields are reaching the appropriate stage for a PGR application. So both modus and manipulator are most effective at reducing plant height when applied at growth stage 31 to 32 or when the first node is one centimeter above the tillering node on the main stem. Um, But just a general reminder that PGRs are most effective in high-yielding environments when the crop is not stressed. So just a general reminder if anybody is uh, considering a PGR application this year. That was Mallory LaWarn with the Manitoba Crop Alliance giving us an update on the province's cereal crops. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. 
CN Rail has announced plans to invest approximately $95 million in Manitoba in 2021 as part of CN's $3 billion capital investment plan across its network. In Manitoba, CN's investment will focus on technology and infrastructure maintenance to enhance safety and the fluidity of its network. CN says the proposed end-to-end merger between CN and Kansas City Southern will create a transportation network across North America, enhancing competition, spurring economic growth, and delivering benefits to the local communities in which both railroads operate. Six winners have been selected for this year's G3 Grow Beyond Scholarship. Melissa Galay is with Agriculture in the Classroom Canada. So we have uh, a good spread across Canada. We've got Ebenula McKinney from Manitoba, uh, as well as Stefan Shabelsher from Manitoba. And then we have three Saskatchewan recipients, Jessica Davey, Casey Code, and Zoe Assant. Uh, and then an re- Ontario representative as well, Rachel Zhu. Each winner will receive $4,000 for post-secondary education. In addition, each of their high schools will also be awarded $1,000. And Manitoba's fruit crop is recovering after an unusual spring that featured both frost and heat warnings in a short period of time. Anthony Mintanko with Manitoba Agriculture says there was frost damage on some of the strawberry crop. He notes growers have irrigation, adding the recent rain was also welcome. Any rain we can get is, is welcome, and a, and a rain is always good for just to help uh, incorporate fertilizer and that type of thing, so it was definitely needed. Mintenko says the heat wave we're seeing now isn't usually seen until July. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Egg Wire for Thursday, June 17th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Glendalee Allen Vosser will give us an update on Canada's Farm Show. Canada's Farm Show went virtual yesterday. This year, some of the key presentations include a fireside chat with former Saskatchewan Premier and consultant Brad Wall. Glendalee Allen Vosser tuned in for that discussion, where Wall says he thinks the future of Saskatchewan agriculture is bright. I think we have a lot to look forward to in this country uh, in terms of our agricultural sector. And I say that, uh, you know, based on the evidence of what has happened in terms of prices and demand, uh, uh, worldwide demand for food, uh, what has been exposed in terms of food security internationally, uh, and how, I mean, the pandemic has really highlighted the fact that uh, we were all probably, uh, you know, well, not all of us, I think, but some are paying just sort of lip service to food security, noting that the demand for food globally is going to increase uh, uh, massively to 2050, according to the United Nations. But I think uh, for those who are maybe just paying that lip service, I think it's it, it's been exposed that this is the this is very much the reality uh, that the world faces, um, and that there is a uh, there is an all of the above demand for food, and especially for the things that Western Canada grows uh, effectively. And what I mean by that is. If it's plant proteins that are going to be in demand, and they are, well, that's Saskatchewan. Don't think of all the plant proteins we grow in, in, in numbers that are world-leading. 51% of the world exports of lentils, for example, are from uh, Saskatchewan farmers alone, never mind the Canada, never mind the prairies, 31% of peas. So that protein we've got, the world wants it. Uh, the uh, Obviously, the meat proteins, uh, Saskatchewan alone has a third of Canada's beef herd, never mind what happens across the country in pork and poultry and, and, uh, and fish as a country. 
He talked about the need to take the either-or position as the plant protein segment has grown and interest has picked up. We have to maintain an all-of-the-above stance and promote it, uh, uh, promote it in that way in terms of the entire industry. Uh, and then there are the traditional crops. Uh, we've seen uh, some demand strength there. Obviously, we, we've noted here lately the, the announcements around canola crushing capacity increasing, whether it's Viterra or Cargill or, or Richardson's on a brownfield expansion, um, a significant increase there. Uh, in line with the province's plan, the province's growth plan noted that I think we crush about 45% of the canola that we grow in Saskatchewan here. They want to see that at 75%. I think we're well on our way with these announcements. And, and one more point on that, in the case of canola oil, uh, and, and your question as to is the future bright, you know, we're not just talking about demand for, for, for food-based canola oil or food-utilized canola oil, but it's going to play prominently uh, in the renewable fuel space. We do have a clean fuel standard uh, on its way and, and partially arrived, I guess. We have a carbon tax that's here. Uh, the, car the Supreme Court's made its ruling, the official opposition in Ottawa, has decided that they, they're also going to be, you know, in favor of a carbon tax at a lower level. So all of that uh, gives the foundational room and support for, um, for the kind of structures, I guess is the best way to put it, uh, that make renewable fuels uh, more feasible. And when that happens, canola oil will be in demand not only for food as one of the best edible oils, uh, but also this whole, in this whole biofuel space. You can catch the full Fireside Chat with Brad Wall on demand at canadasfarmshow.com. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Bossler. The federal government announced yesterday that the new $165.7 million Agricultural Clean Technology Program is now open to applicants. Jim Carr is MP for Winnipeg South Centre. He's also the Prime Minister's Special Representative for the Prairies. Earlier this month, we launched the Agricultural Clean Technology Program backed by a federal investment of $165 million. And today, I'm excited to announce that the program is open for business. It has two funding streams. First, Investments through the adoption stream will support farmers and agribusinesses to adapt clean technologies that enhance environmental sustainability and reduce GHG emissions. We will provide farmers and agricultural businesses with funding for projects of at least $50,000 in size. We'll contribute up to 50% of the cost for projects by for-profit recipients and up to 75% of the cost not-for-profit organizations. We're looking at covering more of the total cost of the investment for projects put forward by people from groups typically underrepresented, women, youth, and Indigenous people. And one of the things I've heard repeatedly from farmers is that there is a need to specifically address the cost they assume to dry grain. We've heard you. The program being launched today will allocate $50 million specifically for the purchase and installation of more energy-efficient grain dryers. That means that as of today, farmers can begin applying to receive grants of at least $25,000 for upgrades and new purchases of clean grain drying technology. The program will prioritize those projects 
that show the greatest possible reduction in greenhouse gases. The second part of the new agricultural clean technology program is a research and innovation stream. It will support pre-market innovation, including research and demonstration of agricultural clean technologies. We're really excited about the Agricultural Clean Technology Program, and I encourage everyone who is eligible to consider applying. I see this as part of a broader collaborative effort by the government to work with farmers to create that environmentally sustainable future that is so critical for our agriculture industry. In the past six months alone, we have committed over half a billion dollars worth of new environmental programs to support farmers. In launching this program today, I think there is great value in hearing directly from the innovators who are developing the technologies that will get us there. The future is bright for prairie agriculture. I want to make sure that we seize this momentum by investing in our people, our products, our processes, and our government will make sure of it. That was Winnipeg South Centre MP Jim Carr. The federal government announced yesterday that the new $165.7 million Agricultural Clean Technology Program is now open to applicants. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Egg in Motion invites you to join an online session entitled Getting On With Growing Vigilance in Crop Care, June 23rd, starting at 9 a.m. Registration details can be found on the Egg in Motion website. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon, Vikram Bisht with Manitoba Agriculture joins us to give an update on the province's potato crop. In most fields, the crops are really perked up. Uh, with the rains, we had uh, about uh, two inches of rains in different parts of the province. Uh, got a lot more, uh, say three and a half to four inches. Uh, and uh, this is all soaked into the ground. Uh, perfect timing. And so the crops uh, are looking really, really good. There are a few uh, issues that are uh, starting to appear, uh, something because of the heat and, uh, you know, the subsoil was uh, still moist in some places, so the, there is uh, some re- seed rot and uh, uh, not much can be done, but it isn't as bad as uh, it could have been. Any issues with some of those high winds? Yes, uh, the high winds uh, in some places have uh, uh, led to, you can say, sandblasting effect on some of these plants, and uh, they would be more prone to certain diseases like black knot. Uh, it is uh, fortunately dry, otherwise uh, if it was followed with uh, lots of rain, uh, we would have uh, some issues with uh, black knot. Uh, in spite of that, I think it is uh, good to have a uh, strategy for uh, black dot uh, control starting early in the season. Uh, that is uh, my suggestion. Are farmers using irrigation at this point? or uh, You know, after the last week's rain, um, it probably gave them some respite. But yes, in 
quite a few locations the irrigation had uh, started. And if we have this uh, dry spell uh, continue, we probably will have a lot more irrigation going on. Fortunately, a lot of the uh, uh, retention ponds have been, you know, uh, filled to as much as they can. Any major insect issues or? Uh, Colorado potato beetles are starting to appear in southern part of the province, but in other places uh, it is still a very minor issue. Uh, it may be time for the growers to look for uh, egg-laying masses and uh, time their insecticide application if they need to uh, when the uh, larva is still very young. That is uh, the best uh, time to tackle them. At the moment, we don't have any major issues. There were some herbicide uh, issues that probably showed up from uh, last year's exposure, but uh, extremely minor. Any issues with the late blight this year? At the moment, I expect that uh, since uh, we had uh, fairly warm and uh, good harvests, and there was no report of late blight in the uh, previous season, the chances of some localized inoculum source is uh, low. So if other provinces or in North Dakota, they have some issues, then uh, probably later in the season, we may uh, get to see some spores. Uh, we have a network of uh, late blight spore traps uh, across the province in 14 sites this year, compared to six in 2020. So we are... Uh, pretty well covered uh, for our alert system against the late blight. That was Vikram Bisht with Manitoba Agriculture giving us an update on the province's potato crop. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitoba fruit growers were happy to see rain last week. While many have irrigation, Anthony Mintango with Manitoba Agriculture says the added moisture is beneficial. He notes the picking season is right around the corner. For strawberries, usually it's late June, early July. For raspberries, kind of early to mid-July. And that looks about right as well. Saskatoon's probably the same as well. Mintenko says some of the strawberry crop suffered frost damage in late May, but is now recovering. And the G3 Grow Beyond Scholarship winners were announced, and among the six recipients were two Manitobans. Ebenula McKindy... And Stefan Shabel Schur picked up $4,000 each towards post-secondary education. Melissa Galay is with Agriculture in the Classroom Canada. We had a total of 55 applicants this year, and each and every one of them was absolutely amazing. Our selection committee had a very uh, challenging task at hand to select those six winners, um, and we were just super impressed with the, the submissions from this year's applications. Applicants had to submit a video presentation on how they would drive innovation in agriculture. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll hear from CN Rail's Executive Vice President, Sean Finn. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.